No, man, I'm holding out hope for a never-ending summer over here. <laughs> you are some wild piece of shit, aren't you? I want icicles hanging from my nuts. Uh, diving into uh, a pool filled with uh, WCW vibrators. Give me a little HLA, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you get the bad guys, you get the big sex, and say you should just retire. I don't, get, I don't care if you get fired. It's the Super Bowl, asshole. Sweet. <laughs> being the top of TNA like me because it's hard to get a down syndrome like I wouldn't do a list of worst commentators because Mike TNA deserves to be on that somebody call him a mama I mean he's already a hall of famer Duke whatever more do you want from him doing his wife sideways yeah, he was always great value so zero they don't let anybody drive a tank into Wrestlemania right I mean when he books himself he's a he's a heck of a champion yeah he never really did much did he I'm a man, not a shark. Friendship and Jeopardy. This juice is flowing everywhere. Couch Tour 2007. He's the Hulk Hogan of the undercard. You listening to yourself? I come from money. <laughs> he almost doubled in weight before he left. Because he sucked. Yes. Want to slide one in there? Stay in school. Don't do the swan dive headbutt. Don't do the swan dive headbutt. Don't do the swan dive headbutt. Such a dick. The career killer, the fat chick thriller. Take the, the coconut, brother! Mind, brother! Don't hit me with the coconut! He's got bouncing titties? Pile of human excrement. Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast presents another Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast special. I am. As I'm Kevin along with Duke Bags and the lover boy Al day and al like you put it before uh we hit that record button welcome to fall <laughs> it's uh this is our september special man the 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 weather is changing the leaves right they're, they're not so green anymore hopefully the grass will die and the snow will come in and all happiness will return it's fall it's fall duke you give me a weird look already what are you are you jackass yeah, already man i'm not even through the an intro and you're already giving me a jackass look is this how today's gonna go you talking about happiness returning when the with the cold and the everything dying this summer we've been over a hundred degrees how many times yes i want icicles hanging from my nuts perhaps you didn't hear it on tots there's something wrong with you man there's something wrong with you man so like i was saying <laughs> This is the fall special, September special. And today we're going to discuss uh, maybe guys that had a little bit of a fall from grace. Maybe some guys that didn't completely realize the potential. Maybe some guys that had a giant push and just kind of fell back into obscurity. That's kind of the topic up today. And, and I'm going to skip right past Duke already. He's already made a face. He's already been a jackass. All right, I might, might want to mute his mic. Lover boy Al Day, how are you, man? You've been nothing but smiles so far this morning. Duke, go f your hand. I'm good. Uh, I mean, you're you're being, you know, uh, my co-host here. You know, our sidekick is being a little rough toward him, so that's that's kind of you got to watch yourself, Kevin. That's all. Yeah, Duke, you got to hey, wait me. Steed. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>, Steed. <laughs> Man, bringing that Steed stuff back, you leave that You leave that in the past, all right? It is it nice to have uh, fall weather right now. Yes. I can definitely say that. It's it's very pleasant outside. Taking the dogs out this morning, I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's 90 degrees already at 7 o'clock. 
Yeah. Yeah. Duke, who in fact wants to live in a circle of hell, but uh, <laughs> you, man, are you pissed that it's it's cooling off? Do you, you turn your heat up to 160? I still got my AC in the AC unit in the window, man. I'm holding out hope for a never-ending summer over here. <laughs> you are some wild piece of shit, aren't you? <laughs> besides your besides your ever-long love for summer here, man, what's, what's happening? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to do another special episode here. Talk good. about some fall from some falls from grace, I guess. Yeah, a little I, bit. I I had uh, you know I had just thought that you know this was another avenue to talk about Marty Jannetty for you. Well, uh, yeah, so, I mean it might be it may maybe maybe maybe. What's the problem, right. man? Why, why you don't want to talk about Marty Jannetty? Is that what you're saying? How's he doing in your fantasy league, by the way? We love Marty Jannetty. (laughs) Is he hold all the gold gold in your fab? We love Marty Jannetty. Holy. And Duke, Al's usually right there with me, but for some reason he's abandoning now. (laughs) We love Marty Jannetty, but I'm just letting you two have it out here. All right. Well, if he he comes up, he'll come up. Yeah. And if he comes up, it'll come up. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I'm going to talk to you, lover boy. When we're talking falls from grace, we're talking about guys that maybe never realized their potential. Those guys that got shot to the moon and they realized you're not supposed to shoot shit at the moon. Who comes to mind? Who's the first name that you go, golly, what what the hell happened there? Well, the the one, I guess it's not necessarily shooting it at the moon, but uh, the one that came to mind first for me uh, was Tully. Because they were huge. Four horsemen go to the WWF at the time, Brainbusters, mm-hmm. coming back to WCW, and you pop hot for cocaine, and your wrestling career is over. Tully had the potential to be world champion. Uh, he had the mic skills, he had in ring ability, that charisma. You could hate Tully. That was the thing about it that you could really get behind as a heel champion. And at the time, WCW, NWA, like all that, you know, was very fond of heel champions because that would draw you in and make that captivating story that you finally get to see the baby face overcome. Um, he had, you know, tremendous runs as the television champion. Uh, tag team champions and i think that was the plan when he and arn were coming back was we're going to strap the rocket ship to you again you know this is it but someone got wind that uh totally liked a little nose candy and decided to drug test him before they uh finalized that contract and it ended his career ultimately. So the brain buster got popped first from brain dusters, is what you're saying. Yeah, what you're saying. yeah exactly. <laughs> got to lay off the nose candy, kids. Yeah. yeah. Tully, he was a nasty bastard. He was a good heel for sure. No, like uh, that's kind of interesting. You know, you it's no secret. You look at the promos that folks were cutting back in the day, and I'm sure Tully isn't the only one who was guilty of that you know <laughs> yeah uh you think maybe somebody had it in for him i i wonder that and i also wonder because they were able to they were bringing them back on a guaranteed contract and it was big money from what arn has said on his podcast and if that was a way to 
knowing this, kind of Welch on paying Arn to, some of the people that run wrestling organizations are not the most stand-up fellows and ladies, to say the least. Yikers. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. I didn't think of Tully, but, I mean. Mine will yeah, very much be in that vein. Anytime you come to me, it's going to be like, you know, that era of wrestling because it's there's a lot from that of what could have been. I mean, the, the figures may be sitting here in front of me, so that's why I'm mm. just going across my ring here. Of, All right, who could it be next? <laughs> I don't know. He, could, he couldn't have. He's probably still in his 30s, right, around 1990. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't think of. I don't really recall seeing him after that. That's a, that's a nice pick. That'll that'll fall into one category of guys we're going to cover today. Guys who kind of did themselves in. Yeah. yeah a little bit of self-destruction will be covered today. Yeah. I was say, I don't know how anybody can have it in for him when he's doing the when he's doing the blow, but that's the one thing I was like, well, if you pop for blow, you pop for blow. That's that's the way it but goes. The champion on the other you know, show. Come on now. <laughs> well, that's that's I mean, the other show. I mean, it's you know, Hulk rules, but he also was known to partake. If you, if you hear the real stories, not wait a second, the real version. stories. <laughs> My real stories are the real, real stories, Al. Just Hulk of vitamins. Uh, so when we when we had talked about this initially, one like kind of outlier came to mind, and I definitely wanted to throw it out there at you guys. Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page was a giant in WCW, multiple-time world champion for for a period of time. I think that you could make claims that he was one of, if not the most popular performers in professional wrestling. Towards the end of WCW, it started to fall apart, but there was the opportunity to kind of give him a rebirth and they slapped a biker mask on him and made him stalk the Undertaker's wife. After that, it never came, like, it never really came back for him. Like, ever. And his his popularity, I mean, obviously we're probably looking at mid-96 through, you know, maybe 99, end of 99-ish. 2000, I mean, obviously he was, the, he was a big pillar there for the end of WCW. But then it just kind of, I mean, it just all kind of fell apart. I kind of blame it on him not wearing jeans to wrestling anymore, if I'm gonna, uh, being completely honest. But uh, that is a giant fall because uh, to me, nothing changed. Charisma still great. Move set still great. It was just that towards those the end of WCW, they boxed him in, and he was he was doing some ridiculous stuff. And then you had the opportunity to give him that, like I say, give him that rebirth, like in in the Federation when he showed up, but. Uh, the angle that they went, he was a he was a heel, which he was obviously a much more endearing face when he was at his height of his popularity. And I understand the like make me famous, I get all that kind of stuff. But man, what a what a fox! He never recaptured. You know what I mean? Like he never recaptured that that top main event status, which I think he really he could have been. Like he could have been that that same guy in his in his height of popularity for the Federation as he was in WCW, but it's never never happened. Do you think the uh, the age thing may have played a factor? You know, at that time. I mean, I mean he was he was like sixty five when he debuted. Yeah, I so. mean, but that's well. And my thing was too looking at any WCW guys 
from the close of WCW that were still under contract for however long. I do not blame them for taking free money. Yeah, uh, yeah, they had guaranteed contracts that they were going to get paid out if they didn't go work for another wrestling organization. Do you think that delay in time might have hurt the momentum? Because his wasn't as long as some. Right. You know, right. But do you think that could have hurt his momentum? Because he was at 1997, 98, why? That feud with Macho Man is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the time down is what is what killed him. I really don't because I think that that time away when he came in, I mean, when he showed up, I was happy to see him. I just didn't like the story that he was in. It, had he come in, say, when the NWO came in, in that time period to go, you know, it doesn't matter where the NWO goes, I will always try and and kill the NWO. You know, make make him a, a fan favorite in that aspect. Maybe have him save the Rock, something like that. You know what I mean? Like that would have been a great way to bring him in because the NWO NWO's run in the Federation was short lived. But even that, like having him show up and give the cutter, you know, make his way through the audience, give the cutter to the entire NWO, but do it now in WWF, and him saying like, "I'm not going to stop trying to kill the NWO." I think that would have worked for me. I think it might have might have brought him back up into that like endearing babyface, you know, role. First guy we talked about falls into one category of guys who kind of did it to himself. The second category is is like Paige you're talking about, sort of a Leslie type of situation where he was just strapped to something that was bad. Yeah, right. Was it was it that bad? Being the Undertaker's wife, stalker. Well. Like the the motivation behind it, like because Undertaker was doing that make me famous, right. you know, deal. Like and him unveiling and going, I'm begging the Undertaker, make me famous. Like he was already famous, but was it like you can make the argument that getting put into a program with Undertaker out of the gate is a huge like that you should be able to do something there, right, right. And it does get a lot of flack. These days, everybody was rolling with something outrageous like that back then. Yeah, you know? yeah. disappointing too because he was, uh, yeah, like Al said, white hot for for a period of time there. And always look forward to seeing him as Al holds up a WCW DDP action figure. He was on the list. That's why he was handy. Right? <laughs> you know, he was. Oh, you, you, the- you, it was one of those names that came to you as well. Gotcha. Yeah, because I mean, WWE. But again, this guy can talk with anybody. The fans, once you put the rocket ship on him, like the fans, you see everybody doing the diamond cutter sign in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved him. Like he was, when he did not uh, turn NWO, you know, hit the diamond cutter on uh, Big Sex and Scott Hall and everybody in the ring. Like that yeah. was, you know, that crowd was white hot. Yeah. So. Duke, what do you, uh, what are you thinking? Oh, for my guy here? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, Al shot something out there. I've shot something out there. Why don't you whip it out and shoot something out there, my man? All right. Well, I got guys that kind of fall under both of uh, the umbrellas you guys have taken here. Well, before I get to that, CM Punk, does he belong here? No. Is he different than anybody else who's done themselves in? I don't think CM Punk has done himself in. 
<clears throat> people get fired every day, man. <laughs> that's, that's a real thing. All right. Let's take it easy. No, I don't think CM Punk belongs on this list because uh, CM Punk can still show up wherever he shows up next, and he will be a person that people will tune in for, will love to see. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't see CM Punk f- ever falling here. I mean, like, he walked away, came back, now he's fired. Hopefully he'll walk into a, a new set of doors, but uh, he's not, I think he's still as hot as he's ever been. Okay, so my first pick here, kind of a, kind of the same type of, guy, type of a guy, a guy who, when he was wrestling, people would come and see him. Superfly Jimmy Snuka. He was the biggest star in the WWF before Hogan came around. And then he had his, he got into some trouble and he disappeared. Right? And he turned up and he was the first ECW champion. He was He's always not the kind only of, snooker that disappeared either. <laughs> right? <laughs> Talk about a fall. <laughs> you know, he's kind of a similar situation to Tully, I guess. He was. He was kind of at the top of his fame there in the 80s, and then, you know, by his own actions, he got kind of, you know, knocked off his knocked off his perch. But he's a, you know, Hall of Famer, one of the one of the most influential wrestlers ever. I did some a little bit of research into the the Superfly. He was like, you know, wrestler of the year and all this other shit in like 82, 83, 84, and then he had his incident. I don't know if we get into that or not, but um, what do you guys think of the Superfly? I will say the moment at Madison Square Garden where he jumped off of that cage onto Morocco, like that was a that's a transcendent moment in wrestling history. It's one of those things that is etched in people's mind. Like people that were there, you know, I've heard interviews with them just talking about how enthralled they were in that moment you know how wrestling took them in you know grabbed them and they see super black climb on top of that cage and then come sailing down onto morocco which is to be honest with you that's a that's a hot spot that you know both of you are going to be feeling this you know for years and years to come but uh yeah superfly and tully i think fall under the category of self-destructive in a lot of ways you know they they did bring this on themselves it it's unfortunate because i remember as a, a wee lad a huge huge superfly fan he was one of my favorites like that's one of the ljns that i wanted as a kid and we just never could find it you uh, want to put bikini bottom snook yeah, yeah yeah well i mean i wanted to have superfly for my my fig bed you know i got you i got you so i had, uh, I had we a superfly when you came back you know, he came back and they had the Hasbro Superfly that came out. That was one of the first ones that, like, when I had a choice and he was there, like, I was, yes, that one. Did did it keep its fingers, Al? Yes. You still got all the Superfly fingers? Yes. And I even used the action and all that stuff. Don't use the action. Golly. I had a bone to right Superfly, man. <laughs> That's what he did. You. Watch your mouth. His action was flying. We'll just you, that out of the way. Yeah, good point. Good point. I don't. So I don't really think of Superfly that much, to be honest. Like, like I understand how big of a star he was, and I understand that uh, the impact that he had and the moments that he had and all that. But 
he never, I think it's probably because of the Hulkster. You know what I mean? Like the Hulkster's popularity boomed so much that you just never thought of Snuka after that. Like as, as a guy that was going to be, you know, big time main event guy. And that's not to say that he wasn't, his work was great. All of that was great, but he never comes to mind as a guy that really like, did, could he go to WCW and be in that world champion? Like, like a Ricky Steamboat, you know what I mean? Or a, or a Rick Rude. Like those guys can leave back then. I mean, obviously the territories were pretty much all said and done, but you could leave the Federation, go to WCW and be in a main event in WCW or, you know, leave wherever, maybe go to the AWA and be in a, in a main in the, in the, the AWA. Uh, Snuka was never that, that guy to me. And I, I like where you're, I like where your head's at dude, with this, with this pick for sure. I just never thought of him that way, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, he and Piper had, uh, you know, one of the one of the great feuds there. And he disappeared, like, right right then. I yeah. Guess, the I almost killed him with that coconut. Yeah. Hit me, brother! <laughs> Take the coconut, brother! This one, uh, Snooker had to tell Popper, nobody's head is hard as a coconut, right? <laughs> <laughs> he crushed a real coconut on his head. I changed my mind, brother. Don't hit me with the coconut, brother. Do you think, too, it could have played in that Snuka was one of Vince Sr.'s guys? And Junior had envisioned something like, Junior envisioned, you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon like, envisioned the the Hulkster type, the big, burly, like body guy that you know could cut the promos, could sell the merch and everything like that. You know, wanted a big time star. That I don't know. You know, outside of certain you know areas. You know, if if he was in Hawaii or you know the Samoa area, like he could be the big superstar. You know, like Conan was in Mexico, right? That. You know, he could be that type of charismatic guy, but uh, I don't know, like, Vincent K. McMahon, his vision for what his WWF was going to be was, you know, a body guy that he always wanted the big, you know, impressive guy and then feed him giants to, and you couldn't really, to me, you couldn't sell, like, if you ultimately got to that Snooker versus Andre the Giant, um, just... Okay, Andre's going to squash this guy like a bite. Right. Yep, as he should. I got I got one little fun fact before we move on. Yeah. So Snuka, in his last high-profile match where he actually wrestled in his first run with the Federation, was at the Wrestling Classic. And Bob, he faced Bob Orton, who injured his arm in that huh. match. And that's, he wore that's a cast what, after that. That's the, the cast for years after that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're almost a legend for just being involved in that, right? Right. No, you're. I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer, Duke. What, what more do you want from him? I just thought that was a fun fact. No, that is that is a that is a fun fact. I do. I like that a lot. He's responsible for Bob Horton's cast for years, and then I guess in turn also Owen Hart because that's where that angle is from. So I like it. I'm for it. Right. Al, what do you? What else you got cooking on in there? The next one I had, uh, as far as uh, 
what could have been, you know, fall from grace. So I'm going back into the well of the old wrestling. It's uh, one Terry Allen, known as Magnum T.A., because this was a guy that they were going to strap the NWA title on. He had a look for the 80s, you know, had that, you know, flowing hair, that porn stash, you know, all the stuff, you know, to make an 80s superstar. Right. Great move set in the ring, good promo. Like, I mean, just a lot of things going for him. And this was kind of Dusty's, like, anointed one, like the next baby face to take on the horseman. You know, this was the guy that I know Dusty was like, yeah, he's he's got it. He he can handle it. The match with Tully, the I quit match, you know, that's phenomenal. It's just unfortunate. Sometimes we like to drive our cars too fast. <laughs> you say we. You leave yeah. me right out of that. <laughs> well, there hasn't been a time in your life when you drove your car a little too fast, Kevin. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe if I'm trying to... Uh, exit or enter a on ramp or an off ramp. That's that's about it. Man. These days, oh yeah. And, you know, I mean, Duke's been on road trips with me. He'll he'll tell you. I I drive my steady, nice pace. I remember that one time I was without a car and uh, you picked me up on Super Sunday and you were late. You were you're speeding down the speeding up the freeway for that one. So I'll tell the I'll take a sidetrack and tell that story real quick before we get into more Magnum. So Duke's not driving at the time, and he's working that that, that day, and he asked me to come pick him up, and it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm like, yeah, I'll pick you up. So I drive down to pick him up. His works like maybe was about 35, 40 minutes away from from the house. So yeah. I drive there. He's almost finished with work, and I'm like, don't. Don't be almost finished. Get in the car. I don't care what you have to. I don't get. I don't care if you get fired. It's the Super Bowl, asshole. <laughs> so he wraps up. We get back in the car, and I'm like, we're never gonna make it on time. At the time, I was driving a 1994 Jeep Cherokee Sport. Probably had about eight million miles on it. <laughs> And I did my best Barry Sanders through traffic. <laughs> that was probably, probably the only time I could remember actually going, yeah, this is this is dumb, but I got to get home. We're almost there, right? We're like three minutes out. Devin Hester returns the opening kickoff. I miss history <laughs> because he can't drive. You are an asshole for that. <laughs> and that some friend again, I man. am. Some friend I am. <laughs> you Thanks, guy. Man. You guy. Oh, anyways, back to Magnum. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's one of the, the few that I think could have legitimately, because they had a lot of stars up and coming. You know, the singer was up and coming at that time, you know, in the, but he was very green. Yeah. And Magnum was much more of a finished product. Because I'm sure they were booking feuds, you know, out of, you know, how he could more or less work his way through the horsemen to get to Flair, right? you know, to challenge for that belt. And I think would have been just tremendous matches. But unfortunately, the car accident ended his wrestling career and we'll never know. No, unfortunately. Unfortunately. That's, that's, that almost falls not into the, it is his, his own. You know, uh, undoing obviously for for driving. You know, potentially 
very irresponsibly. But it doesn't really fall under that, uh, you know, self-destruction. No. You know, it's it's adjacent to self-destruction. Uh, but that's uh, there's a lot that could have happened with him. I always wonder though, with with those type of guys, that because he wasn't a wrestling guy when he, right. you know, even before he came in. Like I always wonder with those type of guys if he hit the if he hit the big spot right. Uh, still, uh, obviously, still early in his career. Uh, super push gets to the gets to the top of the mountain and maybe doesn't understand what it means. You know, maybe doesn't really doesn't really appreciate being there because he's not he wasn't a wrestling guy before he started. So that's the one thing I I've always thought about when it came to to Magnum. Like, yeah, obviously, it's fun to think about what could have been had the situation not happened, but. Say it doesn't happen, and he gets he gets shot to the moon, and he's a mega superstar over and over and over again. He just walks away. You know what I mean? Like it, it's very possible. Maybe he tries to parlay that into something else, and then wrestling fans across the nation hate his guts. Very possible. Just like I say, falling back on that being not a, a wrestling guy, and I've always been a stickler for that. Like these guys, this guy that's not a wrestling guy, but he all of a sudden he wants to be a wrestler for a paycheck. I that always bothers me. But Duke, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking about Magnum? It's well, similar type of situation with Brian Pillman. You know, it was the timing couldn't have been worse. Yeah, like both of these guys are lined up for you know, for the biggest push of their lives. And then, you know, they're acting a fool behind the wheel and it's all gone. You know, yeah. Pillman still hobbled along, you know, and Magnum was also involved in some sort of capacity, but they could never do what they could before. You know, with, with Magnum, I, I can't imagine that he would, would have been, I think he would have been a good champion. I was gonna say yeah. I can't imagine he would have been a you know a rugged Ronnie Garvin or a oh, you know, oh, Tommy Rich. Hey, Not you leave rugged Ronnie alone. <laughs> what about Wildfire? Say about rugged uh, Dumpster fire Tommy Rich. You can, you can shit on him all you want, but you, you leave rugged Ronnie alone. I didn't know he was your your man. You see how little you actually know me after thirty years of friendship. <laughs> what, what's he got, man? He's got everything. Anyways, we're talking about Magnum. He's got hands of stone. That's what he's yeah. got. Okay. He's got the Garvin stomp. You I was trying clown. to whip out the most you know, non-worthy NWA champion I could, and he was what came to mind. But uh, Tyrus was just an NWA champion. You could have whipped him out. He was actually on my list initially. <laughs> but he's been having success <laughs> elsewhere, so I don't know if he still qualifies. Gotcha. But you remember him getting the push through the moon and then coming out as a dancing man? Yeah. Yeah. That that belongs right in this episode. I think that there's a I think that there's a couple of guys that fall into that, but yeah, that was that was a big disappointment because Laura and I just kept on talking about the, you know, this huge debut and he talked about it for weeks and then all of a sudden we get the cat's music. <laughs> it's, it's, somebody call him Obama. <laughs> this this jackass comes walking out <laughs> in a bikini. Four sizes too small for wait, not a bikini. Was it? No, it was. A, it looks like a. It looks like a lady swimsuit. Yeah, yeah. About four four sizes too small with a couple of funkettes with them. <laughs> Naomi out there. Yeah, yeah. I just. 
that was disappointing. But he never got like the giant like push. He got the big like he got the big build and the debut. Yeah. And the huge disappointment of the debut. But he wasn't a guy that in I guess he wasn't a guy that crossed my mind. It's like totally pivoted on what they were gonna do with him. You know? I don't think that they did. I think that the that was that was the the plan the entire time. Look, I got this giant monster coming in, and it's a the Funkasaurus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Disappointment, not, man. Not very effective. No, no, not very effective at all. Uh, one of the guys that that I thought about, and Alan and I had talked about when we were we were uh, kind of forming this idea, Ryback. Ryback was a guy that when when he came in he did uh you know he did those one on two one on three jobber squash matches made him look like i mean a trillion dollars had the body had a fair amount of charisma i think that's one thing that people overlook about Ryback like he had a fair amount of charisma he only had a couple lines only needed a couple lines right he had a great look Got up into that that upper tier, right? Got into the main event real quick, and then fast forward, he's doing you know pre pre show matches at WrestleMania. He's yeah, he just kept on. Once he hit like near that main event status, he just started falling, and he fell quickly. I mean, even that Heyman guy stuff. Like I thought him being a Heyman guy would have been perfect, right? And that's before. He was doing that Heyman guy stuff before being a Heyman guy really meant what it means now. But I thought that was going to be a good pairing, and he just completely fell straight off until he was out of the out of the company. I don't I don't know where you guys stand on Ryback. I mean, there's there's a lot of self destruction there. Yeah, in the fact that you know there's times to talk and there's times to not. He does not know the difference. (laughs) Um, I mean, yes, I was, you know, intrigued by him because he was a monster. You know, if you wanted to push him, heel was just a monster that, you know, could literally go in and decimate baby faces, you know, could be a bruiser guy, you know, the, the two on one, you know, three on, you know, the handicap matches, like you said, were. It was, you know, feats of strength. That's what they wanted to put on display. And he had it, you know, in droves. Um, I know he was one of the big ones arguing that the mid card should get equal pay as the superstars, which calmed down. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I stand with it. You know, you got to calm down with that, (laughs) you know, from time to time. Was he, was he too much Goldberg? A little bit. That's yeah. where I was about to go. It's like, yeah, okay. get a little Goldberg <laughs> out of this guy. I think he got kind of boxed in as a Goldberg type of type of clone, and that didn't that didn't help him. You know, he said about as much as Goldberg did. Might have said more than Goldberg did. I don't know. I think that wasn't a very strong time for for the WWE either. It was around this time that Kevin Nash had come back, and he was doing his thing, and Johnny Laurinaitis was on the scene wrestling you know so oh yeah Ryback belongs here for sure but I don't know if he really had the goods to I don't know I mean of course he's gonna impress me being a strong guy right mm-hmm. maybe it's just because I've seen 
I had seen Goldberg beforehand, and he reminded me so much of him, you know? Right. Just being this squash powerhouse guy. He's a little bigger than Bill, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Probably weight-wise. Yeah. Much larger moveset. What's Ryback doing these days? Yeah, much larger moveset. You're absolutely right there, Al. Uh, Ryback just sells nutrition supplements, I believe, is what he's, uh, he's doing. Well, and takes polls from fans on which promotion he should go to or retire, and he keeps putting that on the poll and gets mad when fans say, you should just retire. It's so funny. It's, I think he does it on purpose, to be honest with you. I have no idea. I don't I don't follow him, but I have seen the, the polls that he's put up, and I, I think he's, he's doing it just to fuck with people. It keeps your name out there. That's true. So yeah. maybe may outsmarting us all. Yeah. Could you have seen, because he was positioned, he was, Shot right to the moon into the heavyweight title picture, right? Mm-hmm. Could you have seen him being a champion that would have been more than a flash in the pan? Yes. You think you yes. make him evil guy, or you make uh, him a good guy? What do you do with him? So I think I think it can go. Uh, you can go a couple different ways with him, but if you if you look at the roster at the time, like he was probably the biggest guy on the roster. Um, as far as like, you know, body strength kind of a guy. Right. Uh, I think that having him as the champion heel or face either way and having guys like, you know, Dolph working with him and, and, you know, even, I mean, even, uh, like a Curtis Axel, right. CM Punk, all those guys could have worked well with him and positioned him to be more than it would have been. It would have been on the guys that he was working with to make him look that good because he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't clean in the ring by any stretch, but I think that given the right people, the right talent surrounding him to run the programs, I think they could have made him more than, than a flash. Basically put the guys in there that could have a great wrestling match with a broom. Yes. And you've got something that's fair. Yep. Yep. Rye broom. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. So I got quite an quite an eclectic list here, man. Yeah, go ahead, Duke. I just I got a Ryback, Kevin. I got a Ryback like character. Monty Brown. Oh, oh Monty, Monty, Monty. He's kind of the star of our current season of the year of Duke and Road. Mm-hmm. And yeah, running straight up the ladder there in TNA. I wouldn't be surprised if he won the title at some point. I, you know, most of this TNA stuff is new to me, but I, I believe he he signed with the Federation. He was in the WWE, CW as something other than Monty Brown, and then Marcus Corvan. I mean, has anybody seen him for the past ten years? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. No. He seemed like he was something special, right? Yeah. He was the one guy who kind of stuck out to me out of this season of TNA. Mm-hmm. He's he's a guy who, I mean, I love to pounce. Said he had, had loads of potential. Just thought that he would something more would have happened with his wrestling career, right? Yeah, I think he's got he's got solid charisma. Uh, he's good enough. He's good enough in the ring. Uh, good body. I just I wonder if. He was a little bit shorter. Was he not? I just remember him, like, when he showed up, I was like, oh, boy, he looks a little bit shorter. Uh, he's listed as 6'2", so no, he's not that short. <laughs> so average height, he's average height. 
That's what. That's I'm not here. average height, you jackass. <laughs> Sweet me more. Uh, it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting pick for me because did you consider did you consider TNA like being in the like the top of TNA in that upper like echelon? Can you fall from being the top of of TNA like? It's like the line from what's it waiting where he's like, you know, it's like being the smartest kid with down syndrome is being the top of TNA, like being the smartest kid with down syndrome. Like how does that, uh, does that translate? I would say yes, because he was a new guy. Okay. Gotcha. Right. He hadn't been anywhere else. So yeah. And I just gotta, I just gotta say this because it's been bugging me. So Mike TNA has been talking about all the Super Bowls that Monty Brown has played in. He played in one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he did not play in three or two he didn't play with two different teams he was injured most of his career and he played in one but he's been just dominating i did did he have any kind of a run in the federation i didn't pay much attention to the ecw and the not really no. that's too bad yeah. we're gonna do a list of worst commentators because mike tna deserves to be on that list that's <laughs> yeah, for sure does. mike tna is rough we're due for a commentator edition i think yeah yeah That's sort of a list man monty and, brown I, I didn't i didn't think that i was gonna hear monty brown today he was he was not one of the guys that came up al what are your you got any thoughts memories on on old old uh monty brown i mean i haven't been able to watch along with this season at the year of as much as i would like to i have vague memories of the pounce. Yeah. Uh, pounce. Pounce. Yeah, the after TNA he was never you know, never made any noise, never made anything like the it seemed like, you know, they had some you know, yeah, we'll give you a shot kind of thing. We're not expecting anything. That's the vibe I got from it of <sighs> interesting. Um hmm. Well, I'm gonna shoot it back over to you. I got uh, I got a couple ideas in my head here, but I uh, just I don't want to pull the trigger on one quite yet. What do you? What else? You? What, who else are you thinking about, Al? The biggest one that I had uh, for this, for sure. I'm just gonna go ahead and do it again. Old school wrestling, because uh, he was murdered in Puerto Rico. Bruiser Brody. They said there was a plan in place and a program in place where Vince was going to bring him to bed and he was going to be Hogan's ultimate heel, possibly the one to legitimately take it off of him to go be a movie star. Whew. The the guy like seeing the interviews, you know, his name was Frank and I can't remember the exact last name pronunciation, so I'm not even going to try to butcher it. But it was very thoughtful, uh, very mindful of the business. But it's like once he walked through those curtains, he flipped the switch and became that psychopath that you saw in the ring. Like it was, you know, he was legit. Uh, I love hearing the Undertakers talk about his first match was against Brody. And, you know, Brody was, you know, nobody had smartened Undertaker up. He got smartened up. <laughs> a bruiser Brody. Because <laughs> at one point, Undertaker was kind of potatoing him. He's like, take it easy, kid. 
Take it easy, kid. <laughs> and then just went full on and hit him with a, a lariat and tried to take his head off like, for reals. Yeah. He, uh, but, you know, it's one of those things that it's very unfortunate. Um, and there's conspiracy theories. There's there's opinions all around. It's amazing how it all worked out that uh, the people that, were eyewitnesses did not get their summons until after the trial was over. Yeah. You know, conveniently. Oopsie dukes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, we sent it to them. With, you know, they, I don't know why they didn't show up to testify. That, that damn USPS. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And, you know, a lot of them were, to be honest, you know, terrified to mm-hmm. testify. Oh. You know, against that because they knew who ultimately was pulling the strings. It was over a financial dispute. You know, if you what the dark side of the ring tells us is correct, which so many versions of that exact same story keep being told that I'm like, well, there might be some credence here that Brody had a dispute with getting his money from the promoter. Right. And he should have just called JG Wentworth. Yeah. Could have went that. Could have went that route with it. Uh, I, I want to throw a, another more recent one at you guys. Uh, Rusev. Rusev came in. He had a he had a great run when he first came in. I mean, pushed to the came to WrestleMania in a tank, right? Giant stuff. Then he kind of almost a little bit of reinvention there, and Rusev Day takes off. Right. Rusev Day was huge. I mean, it was a short period of time, but Rusev Day was huge. And everybody was behind it. Fast forward, he's gone. He goes to AEW. Eh, not much happening there for him. <laughs> like, they you put him paired as a gamer with Kip Sabian. Right. You put him in front of a damn arcade game. Like he and he he's a guy that has charisma. He could move, right? Rusev is a he's a good hand. And to watch him go to, because I thought that when they brought him into AEW, he would factor in. I figured he would factor somewhere into that that main event picture. It it makes sense. He's got all the tools. He was, I mean, you don't just get to, you don't, they don't let anybody drive a tank into WrestleMania, right? Those entrances are special. Rusev Day was special. And then he's playing a damn arcade game. I just, Talk about a talk about a damn fall, man. That that's dis- Rusev. The whole Rusev thing is disappointing to me all around because I think that for there was a I think there was a period of time where I think that he could have been in the world title picture in that first run, and then it you know what I mean. And then when he reinvented himself and had the Rusev Day stuff going on, same thing. Rusev Day was huge. Could have been in that that title picture again, and then once he's gone, and I, I don't want to say AEW's where your career goes to get forgotten about, but his certainly was. Man, he's a one-time TNT champ, man. I know how much you like, like that belt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I got I got to I got to agree with a lot of what you were saying because he was super over. I think the feud with Bobby Lashley, probably wrong guy won there, right? You put Rusev over, he's that whole storyline was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the was that the one where Enzo was doing his wife sideways? 
That was, was that later? Lashley was. Lashley was. Lashley was uh, with Lana. Okay. And they were getting divorced and all that stuff. And then Liv came out? Yeah. Ah, that's what the people really wanted to see. <laughs> Give me a little HLA, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, up top. <laughs> <laughs> you just up top yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that Rusev day, that was some, that was some serious stuff. That was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And it had Aiden English over, too. With that entrance singing right. the Rusev day. Like, the people were all in. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a big guy. He was shorter than the past two guys we were talking about. Like, Brody, he, I could totally buy if he was brought into the Federation, he would have been a a hell of a foe for Hogan or anybody else because he's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, big fella. Somewhere in that neighborhood. But Rusev, like shoot, he's six, you know, eight, built six, like nine. a tank. Got all the holds. But also, I think I haven't followed AEW as close as I should, probably. There's too many damn shows to follow. That will be my excuse. But doesn't it seem like the top of their card is kind of cut off? Like, you get, there's maybe five guys on their roster who would, this is just me looking from the outside looking in, there's probably five guys on their roster who have a shot. Maybe less. Yeah. Omega, MJF, I don't know if Jericho will ever get it again. You got Moxley, maybe another guy or two, Paige, right? That's about it. Nobody else is getting the thing. Right. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so that's not Rusev's fault, you know? What you're saying is he, he should have been he should have been an EVP. Yeah, yeah. He'd, yeah, he'd, gotcha. he'd have a better shot advancing his career. But I got a little push there. <laughs> Man, I got several here. You want me to rapid fire them, or should we continue going one at a time? Yeah, I mean, however you want to play it, man. It's just an open discussion. All right. Well, I'm going to take us back a little bit. Wait, 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 wait. I got one more I want to slide in first. Okay. I want to slide one in there. John Tenta. The earthquake. Right? The Can- He gets brought in. He's feuding with the Hulkster. Everybody's writing the Hulkster cards. And then he becomes an avalanche, a shark, right? We talked about him on the Leslie show. But, like, that's a, isn't that a pretty big fall to go from program with Hogan to Golga? It was a slow fall, right? But that's a pretty huge fall. I don't know. That shark's a, that's falling off a cliff right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm a man, not a shark. But that's, yeah, I mean, Tenta, it's it's crazy to think that when he came in his earthquake, he was in his late 20s. I thought he was, I thought he was in his early 20s. I thought it was like 26, 27 when he came in and had that feud with Hogan. I'm like, man, this dude looks like 40, 50 years old at least. <laughs> well, and then, well, he was young enough where he even came back because uh, they, were, they were kicking the tires on him before he passed. He did a uh, dark match on SmackDown. And he was in, I think he was in his early forties at that time. Like there's, you can, you can find footage of that, of that match. He did a dark match on, on, on SmackDown as earthquake. Like that would have been awesome if they would have brought the quake back then. Yeah. yeah I did read an article that 
Bret Hart gave an interview in Tenta. That was one of the biggest things. He was a big time. Uh, he's a big teddy bear. Like shoot six eight, four hundred pounds. Loved kids. Loved to interact with kids. And when they made him a face, like they talked about, you know, how his demeanor in the locker room. He was always bummed out, you know, having to play the heel. You know, he would play the heel, but just kind of bummed him out. But when he got to be a face, you know, earthquake, how it changed, and like the kids loved him and stuff, and he was just so happy. Like he, he was kind of like an ultimate dad. Like he wanted to, you know, hey, how's your day going, kid? You know, right. <laughs> you getting good marks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay in school. You know, do good things. Eat your vegetables. Yeah, it was was a pretty spectacular fall for uh, for Tenta, but it's really not too much different from a lot of the other giants that Hogan went through. You know, that was going against Hulkster is about that's not a bad spot as your career high point, right? Good point. Because yeah. it ain't gonna get any better than that, really. Right. I I would have liked to have seen a late late career comeback. He must have been, he must have had cancer or something, right? He was. I believe that's what he. Yeah, I believe that's what he 40, had passed from. Early forties, I think. Yeah. Passed away. Moment of silence, Tenta. Yeah, moment of silence, Tenta. All right. He was. I think he even threw that drop kick in that SmackDown match. Remember, he used to throw a drop kick. Yeah, earthquake drop kick. Yeah, that guy could move, man. I like that guy. And they said he was very nimble like, in the ring, like, took care of his opponents. And, you know, even though he sent Hogan to go make movies, right. that stuff, <laughs> you know, that was one of the things that they said you could trust him in the ring. Like, mm-hmm. He was big and strong enough that you could trust him. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know, as Duke, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to slide one in there on you. I, I kind of did, but you were going to, you were going to rapid fire, man. Fire him off. And we'll, we'll, we'll react. All right. Glacier. Was, was that your pick? No, I just, I don't know that he ever fell, man. <laughs> yeah, he was always great value sub-zero. You son of a bitch. I mean, was he not? <laughs> no, man, he was great. Always. Like, still, Glacier shows up, I'm happy to see him. Now, he never, he was never... World champion, right? Range. He was never mid card title range, but he was like the very, very peak. He's the Hulk Hogan of the undercard, right? You listening to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> you can't fall if you're Glacier. Well, Glaciers fall every day. Do you not watch documentaries? Like, glaciers are falling. Like, they're in trouble, there's man. global warming or something like that. <laughs> all, right, all right. I got you. I mean, that's an understandable point, but I just don't know that Glacier. He, I don't think he ever reached a height to fall from, I guess, is kind of where my head's at. But his first three matches, though, they started him with a guy that, hey, this could be a stepping stone in the right direction. You know, like, this is one of our main mid-card guys that you know we can use to push you yeah. they did all the special lighting all the entrance and it was like his first three matches was it not kevin that it was like you know he's fighting a mid-carder guy he's fighting uh you know lower tier guy and then he's fighting a jobber and it's just getting worse and worse and well i think he debuted on wcw pro 
I believe it was WCW Pro, which is weird because that was a Saturday morning, like 8 a.m. show. Uh, so that was a strange, like, debut show to have him on for his first TV appearance. And then on Nitro, was it? Was it Bubba? Was it Big Bubba that he? Yeah. And I mean, there's. And then after that, it was probably Lismark Jr. I don't, I don't remember for sure, but I just remember that spot where Lismark Jr. did a was going for a, a moonsault and Glacier gave him some sweet chin music on the way down. I'd never seen anything like that before, and I, I loved everything about it. But uh, I'm a Glacier guy. I just remember the huge build, and then not much after that. It's one of the main reasons I hate the dying days of WCW even that much more because they teased us with a glacier package again and we never got them. That was the pinnacle of WCW. That wasn't the <laughs> dying days. They were all spending money in the pinnacle of WCW <laughs> to push this guy and he couldn't get over Kevin. Well, no, about no, 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 no. What, I, what I mean is like he he could have got it. Anyways, uh, the, in the dying days of WCW, they ran Glacier's returning promos and vignettes. And then he never, we never saw him. Fucking Oklahoma was making fun of the angle. Well, oh. we're not doing this again. I remember. No, that was uh, Madden. Was that Madden? That was Madden. Yeah. Another one for the worst commentator list. Yeah. Big time. All right. Next up here. You ready? Yeah, man. Ted DiBiase Jr. Legacy, Orton, huge. Rhodes, huge. DiBiase? Going to jail for welfare uh, fraud. fraud. Yeah, uh, he he fell off the map, man. I when did that happen? That's the thing that the the boys in the locker room talk about because a lot of them were much more pro Ted than Cody. I didn't you remember know? him being a being terrible in the ring or anything. You know, I just uh, he was definitely the odd man out there. Yeah. He he really was, and I think like there was, that was at a time where they had so many legacy guys. His music sucked. I remember that. Do you remember his entrance music? Probably if I heard it. It was like okay. a country song, and the line was like, "I come from money." <laughs> it's like that's, you're not getting over that way. That that sucks right away. I do like the priceless entrance music when him and Cody were together. Priceless. Yeah. Yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, he never really did much, did he? He had a good look. He was good in the ring. I'm like he. It was a short run, and he just kind of disappeared. How mm. long was he around? Do you think four years, five years? If that, I think so he was, that he, wasn't he around long enough to star in the Marine? Yeah, I think he did have a Marine run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they had hopes for him, right? Yeah, I mean they made forty two of those movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, these two kind of go together. First, Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> it comes in, slams Yokozuna, gets shot to the moon, wins the IC title, gets kicked in the, the kidney area, and then he, he doesn't, he's kind of just floating around in obscurity for a couple of years, and then he's gone. But he deserved to fall, Duke, because he sucked ass. <laughs> You're he not wrong. The, You're not wrong. Yeah. He had the giant push. You watch he, his matches now, and you wonder how he ever made it to TV, because there's, there's, uh, sometimes there's up to like three misses in one match. 
He was not, he was horrible on the mic. He could never understand. He was like a modern day warrior on the mic. He couldn't understand what the hell he was talking about. What are we saying? It was bad. Horrible in the ring. But you're absolutely right. He came in giant push, but I mean, ready to rock and roll and then just sploosh. It was interesting when we covered that season because it appears like him getting injured and not being very good at his job, that opened the door for The Rock. Good point. That gave yeah. him a platform. They probably envisioned uh, Ahmed having that type of a role, right? I would think he so. Was in the damnation. Yeah. The damnation. <laughs> uh, after his last little run as a uh, big fat ass T in WCW, I don't think he was ever heard from again. No, I don't think so. Oh, it looks like you got thoughts cooking up there about Ahmed, man. Unleash the beast. He could have uh, just said Ahmed and moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Anybody's watched ask. the match, they know. Yeah, <laughs> I got to ask you guys before I move on to the next one. So I've, I've been listening to some of your shows, and recently you covered the uh, the Stomp series with Ahmed. He's got a chainsaw and a club, and he's in overalls. Oh man, with a straw hat. He's looking pretty pretty thin in that one too. That was a hell of a line. I got a few of those figs, but. That was just a very out-of-place Ahmed, I thought. But uh, Yeah. Well, speaking of Ahmed, uh guy I like a little bit better than Ahmed, Mike Awesome, right? <laughs> He's got the same, you know, same kind of maneuvers, a little bigger. Big-time flash in the pan, though. He got, got pushed to the moon at ECW. He was great. You know, ended up in WCW, and then... Uh, he might have come over to the Federation at some point. I'm not sure. He was. But. Came, came over for a, a short period. He belongs on this list, right? Yeah. Of what could have been? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be argued that he would be a kind of a Leslie contender for what they gave him in WCW, you know. The um, career killer, the fat chick thriller, the Canadian destroyer, whatever the fuck else they called him. He yeah. was. His matches, he he didn't. He was not good at. He didn't sell much, right? And I think that that's yeah. that. If you can't sell, that's going to usually put a little bit of a cap on how far you're going to make it. I like, I like the thought. I just don't know if he was ever going to be big time main event. You know what I mean? Like it's he had big time main event ECW run short period of time than to WCW and he never quite hit that main event role in WCW and what they strapped him with was crap. True. Cup of coffee in the Federation. But uh yeah, I can I can I can see where you're coming from with that. Just kind of disappeared. But I think that's mostly because he died, right? Yeah, they'll do it. Yeah. All right. Lex Luger. <laughs> probably leave it at that unless you guys want to Time in. Al, I want to know about Lex Luger. Talk, talk to me, stud. Well, let's let's take a guy that's got a tremendous body, but can't talk. And here you go, Lex. You know, let's let's push him to the moon, but we need a guy that can talk. You know, oh, he'll figure it out eventually, and it's <laughs> it's bad. It's not great in the ring. I love that the coach. Um, Whenever he started wrestling, 
they talked to one of the former Packers coaches, and basically he was cut from the team as a lineman because <laughs> he could not block. He was always called for holding. Yeah. And it's like, you know, well, really all, and they were the wrestling promoter, uh, said, well, really all we need him to be able to do is be able to pick people up, you know, hold them there. And so he's like, oh, he can definitely hold them. That's what the <laughs> line was. Wasn't that a, was that a Legends of Wrestling? The round table so. where yeah. Jerry the King Lawler tells the story about talking to Coach God, was something Johnson, Peppa Johnson, something like that. Yeah, yeah I think so. And, he, and he's like, yeah, it'll work out great because all he ever did in the NFL was hold people. <laughs> so. yeah. Had the body, though, like as far as what Vince would want in a body guy, mm-hmm. had that in spades. I mean, he was yeah. just, you know, tremendously ripped, you know, every facet of his career. Yeah. Everybody knows my thoughts on Lex Luger. <laughs> I don't got to go too deep into it. But I, I, one thing that I will add, was there ever a less deserving world champion? What, than Lex Luger? Yeah. Like outside of the obvious guys? Yeah. Give himself belts like Double J and Vince Russo? Oh, very cute. Double J is a deserving champion. He can work. Don't you pile on, lover boy. (laughs) I mean, when he books himself, he's a he's a heck of a champion. Apparently, you know. I take him over rugged Ronnie Garvin. You take Lex Luger over Ronnie Ronnie Garvin. Yes. Friendship in jeopardy. (laughs) Since when are you a rugged Ronnie Garvin fan? Since when are you a Lex Luger lover? I thought he was a better champion than rugged Ron. Why? Because he's got bouncing titties? I'm answering your question here, man. All right. Yeah. I mean, you're wrong, but all right. all right. Just because of who he is as a person, I'm saying Alberto Del Rio. I'd rather see Lex as a champion than him because he's a mm, yeah. pile of human excrement a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I could. All right. I'll, I'll give you that one, Al. I won't I won't give Duke Ruggerani, though. All right, I got about 10 left here. You want me to just list a couple? Yeah, man. A couple obvious ones here. Sin Cara came in with all the, uh, <laughs> yeah. all the fanfare. Going to be the next Rey Mysterio. That's kind of like a title, like when you hear, uh, I don't know, basketball, you hear about the next LeBron James coming out, mm-hmm. you know, or who's going to be the next. They never are. No. You know, but he was just botching shit from the get-go, and then I think the original Sin Cara was replaced with another guy. Yeah. And you don't see much of these guys anymore. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I think he belongs there. Yeah, well, he was he would, he was uh, tearing it up in Mexico, came up and, yeah, uh, he, was a, he was a botch machine. I think the other thing that they talked about, he was not an easy guy to work with, and that's never gonna, that's never gonna do you well. Alright, I'll, I'll pick one that, that Rogue's going to appreciate here. Alex Wright. What are you shaking your head at? Alex Wright was done wrong. No, he never fell. He still hasn't peaked. (laughs) You're still waiting for him to peak. Yeah, he's going to (laughs) peak. All right? He's going to peak. I love Alex Wright. Alex Wright was never utilized in a fashion that was going to get him into the, the top level. 
Because what I mean, we have a TV title. That was about as far as it went, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tag title, I, disco. Yeah, I love. I hate disco inferno. I love Alex Wright. I wish. I wish there was. He would have done more. Right. He never got shot to the moon. He never self destructed. He just put on great wrestling matches and had fantastic dance moves. Al, you gave me a side eye there. What the hell do you got? To, what the hell do you got to say? I think Alex Wright got pushed more than he deserves. <laughs> You're out of your mind. Your ball cap's on too tight, buddy boy. Push more than he deserved. Have you? When was the last time you sat down and really watched a couple of Alex Wright matches? In the past year. And they were amazing. They were moonstem makers. Wait a second, Al. You tell me you're not an Alex Wright guy. Not. Never have been. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for joining us for another gorilla. <laughs> How do I just find about this now, man? What the? F- oh boy. I love Alex Wright. He's still gonna peak. Don't worry. When he does, Al, you'll feel it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw three big guys into one here. All right, let me know what you think, and then uh, we can move along. But yeah, I thought Alex Wright. I thought he was, you know, he was kind of rise. He was a rising star. Then he just kind of fell off and shaved his head. It's just I don't know. But my three big fellas here, right? Bam Bam Bigelow, Giant Gonzalez. That's a questionable pick, but he was put near the top of the card where, where you know wherever he went because of being a big guy and really only the tail end of his career but vader vader's the one i like the most out of those three that you just rambled off yeah, vader in the wwf was not given the the push the the chutzpah behind that character that it deserved right he well, they, I remember the vignettes for Vader when he was coming over. I was pumped, right? Loved Vader in WCW. And he came in, he made a, I mean, immediate impact, right? Attacking Gorilla Monsoon, right? All that kind of stuff. Got up to that main event at SummerSlam, which is a great spot to be in. Unfortunately, he was working with HBK at the time, who was a giant. Uh, he was a dickhead, right? He just was, that's who he was at the time. So unfortunately that's with having him as the, uh, kind of the gatekeeper there was not helpful for Vader in any form or fashion. And then he just started going by the wayside, which is just a shame because the guy was, he was good in the ring. He could work the stick, but more than anything, he had amazing presentation and he could back it up. Like that, that was on all three of those guys, man, that was you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned, because, I mean, everybody knows I'm a big Vader guy, just in, in general. Guy's guy's amazing, so uh, probably my favorite, probably my favorite big man of all time. And that's, that's you're right, Duke. You're right. Yes. And like you said, Al, that's kind of WWF-specific, almost, because he was, you know, multiple-time champion elsewhere. You got a guy like Bam Bam, I think in his early 20s, he showed up in the Federation. He was already like this agile big guy. Put 
towards the top of cards. You know, he was on the Hulkster's team in that first Survivor Series. And then he left, and then he came back, you know, had another pretty pretty good run. And then he, I don't know, I always liked the Bam Bam, but always thought that he was kind of, maybe he had an ECW reign. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, he falls into that underachiever category for me. And then a guy like Gonzalez, just because of how like how much of a giant specimen he was, he yeah. it it just unfortunately just kind of that's probably just telling with like how incompetent he was, you know. Yeah, unfor- unfortunately, think, yeah. You would think he would have been able to serve some sort of a purpose, being just this huge scary giant you know but he oh. didn't last long at either of his stops but he was towards the top of the card so do you i'm gonna ask them to pose this question to you al if andre wasn't such a dick does bam bam get to stay in the federation at that time and does he have one of those i mean he's he had a hall of fame career anyways but does he have a career that I mean just wows everybody. With his athleticism, you know, it it could have been. You know, with the way he could move, you know, he could work. I mean, the guy for that size to have that much of an aerial move set, you know, at that time when you didn't have big guys doing that, you didn't have uh I mean you didn't have little guys with some of the move set that Bam Bam could bring to the table. He was right. very agile, and it it could have been really, really special. I think. Yeah. I don't know if he'd have been straight to the moon, but he would have been up in the conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to see some type of a path cross between Vader and Bam. I always wanted to see something. I don't know, a tag team or stable mates. I always wanted to see those two together in some in some form or fashion just because of both big athletic I mean gifted talented guys, but uh that the the reason why I asked that, you know, if he gets to stay and Andre's not such a brick to him and all that kind of stuff is because like Duke said, he was young. Right? He was young and still very green to the business and he is working main events. Like that, almost unheard of. And with with Andre, I'm missing something there. Uh, Andre wasn't. Uh, boy, what was it? His last his last match in his first, I believe it was his last match in his first run. And Al, correct me if I'm if I'm getting mixed up here. Uh, Andre kind of took liberties with him, yeah. um, and wow. kind of, I believe, even in the ring, told him like, you know you're 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 not meant for this or you're not ready for this or something something along those lines and and andre taking liberties with him was enough for mm. him to move along huh and it wasn't uncommon for andre either i if i if i'm remembering correctly if he if he didn't didn't like you didn't care for you even if you know he didn't think that you deserved it he he would be not the best person to be around yeah, speaking of that whole deal, I put him on the list, but I put a question mark, and I wasn't going to bring him up, but you brought the you brought the Andre deal up. Is the Warrior, is he one of the biggest falls there's ever been? Or is he kind of exempt because he was such a star? You know what I mean? 
That's a hard one. Because he reached the top there. But then, I mean, have you ever seen a disappearing act quite like that? As self-inflicted as anything that's ever right. been. Yeah. So he disappeared multiple times. But because I wasn't going to bring him up, but I know that he was careless as hell in the ring, and Andre gave him the business for for that. I think that there's a, there's a spot for him on on this list, but that's one of those things where, like, when he shows up, right, people will still, like, love him. You know, like, people will still care that he was around when he showed back up. Right. Whereas, like, a guy like, you know, Quake, right, if he showed back up, people might care for, you know, the first couple of weeks, depending on what you do with him. But it'll rub off. Warrior's not going to be one that uh, that will rub off. Yeah, I think he's in that rarefied air with the Hulkster. Yeah, I think so. Where if you hear that music, you're going to feel something, you know. We used to play it as our intro music when we were doing rock and roll shows. <laughs> right, right. I remember that. Did I ever tell you that, Al? Yeah. Yeah, when we when we took when we took the stage, the first track that we would play as a band was the Ultimate Warriors entrance music. <laughs> I mean, it'll uh, get the crowd, it'll get the juices flowing right there. You know, oh man, there was one out. Boy, that a boy! Oh yeah, there was juices flowing everywhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> Couch Tour two thousand seven. <laughs> oh man, you guys got any other? Uh... I was say, oh, you got anybody else you want to you want to throw out there? I mean, it's there's so many to go through this list. If you, I can look at any one of these. Uh, the last one I'll I'll go with is uh, Dynamite Kid, mm. and because of the injuries, uh, that and you you can't be the way he was with people and expect to keep getting work. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're not. And it, again, the man sacrificed his body for thing he loved uh he wanted to be a wrestler might have been some steroid things cte a lot of other injuries and type things but uh, when you're a baby face and you don't hear a single good story about the guy and fan interactions yeah it's not good he's acknowledged as one of the most influential guys in in wrestling I don't. I don't really know what his ceiling would have been if he wasn't so, because he wasn't a heavyweight, but he won light heavyweight titles all over the place. Right. And he, had he not got injured, you know, I feel like in the NWA he could have gotten more of a push. Like they didn't have to have the big monsters. Yeah. Right. They wanted good work rates. But you know that's the the injuries, and he's the reason. Like, he told Chris Benoit, "Don't do the diving headbutt." That's so silly. So many people, like, it's documented. Don't do the swan dive headbutt. Don't do the swan dive headbutt. Don't do the swan dive headbutt. And people are still doing the swan dive headbutt. Golly. Stop it. Uh, I'm going to throw one quick one at you guys before we wrap this up. Yokozuna. Yokozuna was incredible when he was like, between 375 and 4, right? By the time he was tipping over 6, it wasn't good anymore. And I don't know what he reached. I, I, I've heard rumors of him, him reaching almost 8. Uh, 
what what a, a incredible performer, right? Talented guy when he was in that 350 to 4 range. Mm-hmm. He could work in that range. He was still a spectacle when you saw him later on being heavier, but man, look at a guy that shows up, gets wins a Royal Rumble, right? Headline in WrestleMania, and then just see you later because you can't put down the milkshakes. Like, oh, that was, he's a disappointing one for me. It's a self destructive one. Yeah. He he couldn't get it under control. Uh, And it, does that tie into kind of like Andre the Giant? Of, you know, I've got to be this big guy, so I've got to eat like this. I've got to do these things, you know. And then it gets out of your control where you've went beyond and you, you can't stop. The The problem is, is that when he showed up, he was already the biggest guy. Right. Like, he showed up and he was the biggest guy in the roster. All he needed to do was maintain but you figure that if he, when he showed up, he was like, what, 350, 375, somewhere in there, right? I mean, they were billing him, you know, wrestling weights, five and 600 pounds, you know, all right. But, right. Uh, yeah. But then, like, he, he almost doubled in weight before he left. That's not, that's not good. Yeah, when he was tagging with Owen, it was, you know, he would come in and do a couple of spots. But Owen was the, the workhorse there for sure. Well, yeah, because wasn't when they when he came back and they won the titles. I don't remember all the ins and outs of that match, but in my head, all he did was come in, drop a leg, and pin him. Right? Like, yeah. was that it? Yep. I I remember reading something. He had this idea that he wanted to be the biggest wrestler ever. So, I mean, if that's your goal, I mean, he died when he was thirty-two. Something like that. Golly. Sad kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But he did win the world title twice. You know, and even though he only really should have won it once, he because because of Hulk Hogan's politic and he's got a world title win over Brad Hart and Hulk Hogan, which is pretty good. It's huge, but man. Spectacular flash in the pan though, even probably maybe more so than the Warrior. He's I will take a, a Yokozuna match a over years. a Warrior match. Yeah. 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 I I mean, I wouldn't say 10 times out of 10, but probably, you know, seven, eight times out of 10, I'm watching that war, the warrior or the yoke over the warrior. I can think of two warrior matches I might pick. That's because of the circumstances and his opponents. And that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's fucking yoke. Fucking yoke. Anyways, we'll put it, we'll put a, we'll put a pin on this fall special as I'm going to, Go fall down my stairs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anything to sign off with, Al? Uh, You can find all of us on X.com, formerly known as Twitter. That's for Kevin right there. I'm never going to X. (laughs) At GBW Pods. You can find our shows, the Year of Duke and Rogue. Uh, podcast at Europod. You can find uh, the Tot Pod at Tot Pod on the Twitter. Uh, You can. Find us on Facebook. Just search Gorilla Brain Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at GBW Pods. And you can find our merch, the only place we sell our merch, at ProWrestlingTees.com. Don't buy it from the Pirates and the Charlatans. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gorilla Brain. We've got our first four designs. Uh, if you know, you know. Like there's 
There's a lot. There's a the main Gorilla Brain shirt. There is a uh, Tots Pod shirt, a Year of shirt, and then uh, our special plow design. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Duke, anything to sign off with? Yeah, man. Can't say enough about these bastard shades. <laughs> I know you can't see them right now, but trust me, they're pretty badass. You got different styles. Go find yourself some ambassador shades. Also, year of Duke and Rogue. We're about halfway through the first round of TNA. Hopefully, we don't have to go dive back into that pool of junk again. Diving into a pool of junk? Is that like diving into uh, a pool filled with the WCW vibrators? Is that it? Oh, <laughs> man. Don't you. Don't you. Talk about the WCW vibrators. Because they're the wrestling toys and a marital aid at the same time. Pool of junk. Uh, I got the Jai and uh, the bad guy right there. I got almost all of them. I'm only missing the two packs. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Would you call the two packs double headers? I don't know. Anyways. Uh, (laughs) 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 Like you get the bad guy, she gets big sex. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'll take a Taskmaster every day. Anyway, uh, one more thing I'm going to plug in there. Uh, promo code over at Rogue Energy. GBW Pods, man. That's GBWPODS. Save yourself some money on some Rogue Energy. Very excited about this uh, the sponsorship we're working with them. They are by far my favorite uh, energy drink because it's not this is not me plugging this is me being just fully honest like you can now know I've been drinking rogue energy for a while now it is fantastic flavors I mean just I, I'm, I'm all for it man I love the black cherry love the kiwi strawberry love rock and pop rock and pop's probably my favorite one uh, Molly likes the, the blood orange man all the flavors are good it's good flavorful drink go over to uh, rogue energy promo code G BW Pod, save yourself some money. With that, thank you everybody for hanging out with us, talking about some balls. We will see you next month for another Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast special. Slide one in.